ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming. Yo, yo, people, how's it going? Hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. And this week on the Ascend podcast, this is a really cool conversation, a podcast I did with a guy called Hans William. And he does these amazing short videos on YouTube about the mysteries of life on for mastery, leadership and freedom based all around the different spiritual laws of the universe. And what I really love about William is that on his channel, he really dives into the biggest topics in the biggest mysteries of life, but he does it in a very relatable and understandable way. He talks about many different topics, all the way from reincarnation to chakra to the chakra system. Talks about the journey of the soul and much more, anyway. And we get into so much in this conversation. Just to give you guys a bit of a heads up, some of the things that we talk about. Obviously, we get into reincarnation. We talk about karma. We talk about the chakra system. We talk. Ask the question: Why are we here? It wouldn't be a send podcast if we didn't ask that question. And we asked many others as well, and in this one today as well, I actually, as you will see, I asked some of my own personal questions, which I normally don't do, but I asked some personal questions that I'm working on, and questions that I am asking, and me and William, me and William both had a good conversation about it. So it is a cool one, this one, it really is, guys. So like I said, guys, if you can, check out William's YouTube channel, it really is cool. And if you can, check out the one-off donation option, or the Patreon page to help support this podcast, it really goes such a long way to help me to keep doing this and it allows you to support something conscious in the world and a conscious movement and a conscious community which is the podcast and also just to add as well guys this this obviously podcast today is another online one it was done online i'm gonna have to keep rolling with it for the next couple of weeks and see where this goes i've tried i do have some up and coming in-person podcasts coming but as you know the current situation is still dictating otherwise and it's it's obviously hard to to rent a studio place to do podcasts because a lot of places aren't open and also some guests aren't comfortable with doing it in person so it is a bit challenging at the moment but there's always sort of some positives and pros and cons with everything and at the minute it is allowing me to access some guests from far afield who i wouldn't normally be able to do including this one with hands so it is a cool one and there's always pros and cons to everything in life so enjoy this conversation with Hans William as we dive deep, deep, deep down the rabbit hole. Peace out. Yes, yeah, so we'll, we'll just we'll just dive we'll just dive in now if you want, Hans. And I was just going to say that. I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with you today because like we were speaking just two seconds ago off the podcast, 
I know that you have a, a great interest in all the different sort of um, spiritual topics and all the biggest mysteries of life. And over the few years on the podcast, that's exactly what I've been doing. I've been dive, diving into many of, this, many of the similar questions what you've been asking. So it's always a, a pleasure when you find someone else on the same path who's also sort of asking some real questions in life and asking the biggest questions. Um, and sometimes, Hans, when I do these podcasts, um, when I have different guests on, sometimes I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask questions for the audience. But when, when, a guest, when I find a guest like very similar to yourself, I actually sometimes think to myself, should I, should I ask questions which I want to sort of get clarity on in my life and sort of maybe use you in this moment to, to, to help me on the journey? And I suppose at the same time, that will also help other people. But just to start this, Hans, I mean, over the last few, just to give you a little bit of context, over the last few years, especially over the maybe the last one year and a half, my journey has really sort of um, heightened a lot and my own awareness has, has expanded and I've started to realize more and more, just very similar to yourself, that this entire place is communicating with us more and more, the more that you do see it that way. And I'm starting to see um, myself and others, like I know you've spoke about in your YouTube videos, um, my own levels of empathy are rising as well. But just to start this, I would love to ask you the question, um, what do you actually think we are seeing unfold here on earth? Do you think it is a, a spiritual sort of evolution of our sort of true essence and, and of who we truly are? Well, I think it is, it, you can see it as an evolution, but it's basically um, coming back of who we originally were. Evolution only to a degree that we are getting, leaving behind our earth, our humanness, and becoming that spiritual being again, which you and I and everybody else used to be before the, what I call, or what is generally called the fall. We all come from a very perfect home, which is what people call the heaven or whatever, paradise or whatever it is, but that is our true home. And we are only visiting earth for a very, very, very short time of less than 800,000 hours as an average. And this is more like a schooling ground. It gives us the opportunity pur to purify ourselves again, because in this very dense and very difficult environment, which here on earth, we have the opportunity to let go of a lot of negativity, which we have accumulated over time in past lifetimes and so on. And this is our opportunity. So Earth is uh, a college. I've got a great video called The Magnificent Earth Planet uh, School, Earth School, um, which explains it, that basically we are here like in a college from the first day we arrive here and everything what we experience are tasks given every day differently to everyone of how to learn basically to love again. Right? Basically, we are love and we have to relearn love again. And this relearning love we can call evolution. But in truth, we are perfect beings. We just have forgotten that and we are not living up by our own highest standard. And so we have to become that again, that pure, high vibrating entity, so that we are then again attracted by the law of attractions to our true home, which is in the pure heavens. Does it answer your question? Yeah, yeah, really, really interesting. I mean, you brought up so many questions I want to ask you there. You were talking, when you brought up the, the fall of consciousness, I would actually love to, for you to dive a bit further into that and talk about the, the fall of the consciousness on planet? Because I don't think I've really spoke about that much on the, on the podcast that much. Well, let me say before I go into this one, then what I'm sharing here is uh, I've studied the spiritual past, many different paths for the last 50 years. And um, over the last 20 years, I've become more and more convinced that the path I'm on right now is right for me. 
I have zero interest to convert anybody or tell anybody how they should live or what they should think. Whatever I share in my videos on lifeexplained.com are lessons which I have to learn for myself first. The reason why I make all these very short videos is so that I myself understand my own tasks. And a, a teacher is a student to continue his students, uh, his, his studies. So basically, I'm continuing my own studies by teaching it. So what I'm doing is I merely offer this information. And if people don't like it or find it crazy or Nazi, that's absolutely fine. I have zero interest to convince anybody. But it is my belief, and having seen many, many other paths and studied other paths and many ancient texts, that our true origin is the pure heaven, where we are pure spiritual beings, we may call traditionally called angels or whatever this is. And at one time, early in creation, there were, uh, was also a group of, of uh, angels who left this pure spiritual heaven and wanted to become like God, so they were no longer on the same vibration of love because they had their own selfishness interest in it. They were not selfless or sort of for the good of everybody, but were more interested in their own goals. And when we do this, we separate ourselves just through the vibration out of the pure heaven, which is love, which is a selfless vibration, and they slowly separated themselves more and more from the pure heaven, from the central sun, and fell into what we later call the purification spheres. And at the lowest level, there are seven major levels, is the material universe, of which planet Earth is one. And we have the opportunity in our time outside, and you and I, and most of us, are actually one of these angels who left eons ago and have fallen into this kind of lower spheres, and we are what we call shaded, a being with, who have shaded our soul and have burdened our soul, and now it's our task, if we ever want to return back to the pure heaven, we have to let go of all these selfishness or negativity or unloving things which we have done over the eons and eons of time. And that is the reason why we are here on earth, to undo our karma. Karma is not a punishment. Karma is just only the result of our action. And we uh, experience it again so that we learn that the pain we have inflicted on others or on the planet earth or on the middle kingdom um, is not good. It's a very gentle and very straightforward teaching to a karma. There is no punishment in the universe. So there is no, this religions teach of eternal punishment, eternal damnation, that does not exist. But there's only consequences of our actions. And if we are against the law of love, in our words, in our deeds, even in our thinking, then that will result in karma. And that karma is usually, it's not only stored in our body, in our soul, but it is also stored in the planets, in the depository planets. And these planets constantly move and they change and they get loaded up and when they're full and when they're in certain constellation, then this karma comes back to the sender, to us at that time. That's when we get hit of something which we may have caused in previous lifetimes or many, many years ago. Suddenly, out of the blue, we have got this blow of fate. We've got an illness, etc., etc. So the, the planets are unloading the karma back to us. Again, not as punishment, not to hurt us, but only because we are now ready and physically strong enough to face the mistakes that we have uh, done in the past, the hurt we have inflicted on others, we are now strong enough to feel them in our body. That's how we learn it. Because there are only two ways to learn, either through insight or through pain. 
And very few of us learn through insight. We only learn through pain. It has to come like the coronavirus. It has to come like, like bad air, like air, climate change and so on before we finally may do something about it. We have known it for a long time that these things are possible and happening us. But unfortunately, mankind is a very slow and lazy learner. So I therefore... We learn mostly through pain. That's why we do have a lot of pain in this world. May it be wars, may it be suffering, may it be hunger, whatever it is. But all of these are, for the most part, and there are small exceptions, karmic um, results, hitting groups of people, hitting individual people. And we have to go through it to feel what it is to be sick, to be hungry, etc., because we have inflicted it on others or on other uh, beings on, uh, in, in, in nature and on, on life forms. And that's basically, in a nutshell, what it is. And our goal is to become love again. This totally selfless, all-inclusive, or unlimited and unconditional love. That is our true essence. That's what you are made of. That's what I'm made of. This is basically what God is. God is love. And that we have to become the divine essence again. And the planet Earth is the most perfect schooling ground for us to do this in a very fast time. Because if our soul, after death, is then in, in the other spheres, in the purification spheres, where you do not have the physical body, karma can be much more painful because the physical body works as a buffer. And also the other thing, once we are in the spiritual spheres of purification, we are surrounded by like-minded souls, which means people or souls of same vibration, who think the same, or act the same, and there's very little growth and potential because we don't see other alternatives. We are sort of in the same juice that we are in. So there's very little growth possible. Here on earth, we are exposed to all different types of life and thoughts and ideas, and we can much faster grow. Does it help? Does it, does it make sense? Yeah, no, it, really, it really does. It really makes sense. And that was actually one of the second questions I was going to ask you, because when you were speaking about the fall of consciousness, I was going to actually ask you the question about what does the physical incarnation provide? And, and you answered that really brilliantly, because it, it is clear to say, like you said, that the physical incarnation that we are in right now, it does pr provide a, a lot of great opportunities for us to learn very fast. And, and maybe for, I mean, I know for, for myself as well, a lot lately on my journey is everything you were speaking of there, the more that I have gone further and further down through my own, my own awareness has expanded. It's all every single, every single day I get closer to that, closer and closer to my awareness getting more and more expanded. Every single day or constantly keeps telling us the question that, it, it keeps showing us more and more of the things that I, that I need to work on. So this, what you're speaking about to me, this is, this all makes sense to me. You know I mean? Someone listening to this podcast might right now might not really be, not really understand the context of it because I think a lot of times when, when you do hear sometimes when you, when you, when you're on the, maybe on the earlier stages of your journey and you hear like people like yourself speaking about this, sometimes you, you hear it and you understand it, but it doesn't truly resonate. But I really understand what you're saying because I mean, I went on this journey a few years ago where I was, where, like I said, I've been listening to videos like yourself. I've been looking into many different people all around the world. But it was, it was only until I actually started going through my own levels with inside of myself, sort of see. And I know you, I know you speak about the importance of this, which maybe, maybe it's a good point to talk about this because you, I've heard you in your videos speak about the importance about how this knowledge, you don't always have to look with outside yourself for this knowledge. It's the real journey begins when you actually start looking within. And I think that's really important because, um, sort of, um, it, it gives us, it also gives that, what's the word I'm looking for? It also gives that, 
that great point of perspective that that you really that everything you need is with inside yourself and you don't need to look outside of yourself for anything very true yeah well as the text says the kingdom of god is within us and i think that's a very very powerful sentence and uh, it's not easy to grasp uh, totally because our mind says, well, how is that possible? I mean, et cetera, that's up here and there, it's down and so on. But to be everything in, that we are living in a holographic universe where everything is in everything. The whole is in the smallest, which means that the entire creation is in the smallest speck of dust, in the smallest uh, sand or what, in the smallest atom. That means that everything else is also now. It's like a holograph where the smaller, every little part of the film has the entire picture or in a fractal where the smallest part of the fractal uh, represents the total design. And so the kingdom of us makes sense when we understand the holographic concept that it is also in us. And there are other various reasons which I explain in uh, my videos on the God spark and on the Christ spark and how that actually happens. It is all in us and the answers are all in us as well. So the step number one always is to come into our stillness. It is the stillness where the answer is. The stillness is where the power is. And their meditations or some deep prayer are the most helpful tools as, in, as I found. Really sit down, quieting our mind. We have got lots of techniques. You every, all know that about breathing, following our breath, getting calmer, getting calmer. And also exploring what comes up because in many cases we can't get calmer because we are constantly thinking about this person who said this awful thing about us and we suddenly think about this and we cannot get calmer. So why is that? Because that is a moment where we have the opportunity to forgive and let go of this one. Whatever comes up in us has a message for us. So, it, it, and the important thing is, it comes up only at the very perfect right moment. Because for instance, if we do have a problem with another person and it comes continuously up in our mind right now and very strongly, that is a moment where the energy can help us to solve that, uh, that argument, to solve that discrepancy between the two. When we ask for forgiveness and we truly uh, uh, admit that, uh, uh, repent, then this karma is totally eliminated because the other person is also vibrating on a similar vibration. It's not no coincidence. So that the connection of these two souls suddenly is resolved and the karma is resolved. So whenever we think about somebody, in a, in a way that we feel there is something that is not quite in order. That is the opportunity that we can f forgive or look into this, what happened here. And the, as I said earlier, the hour, everybody has got an individual day. So every thought which comes to us, every situation which comes to us is in most cases an uploading of karma from, our, from the planets. And they are carefully constructed individually for everyone. That's why the day of every person is different. Somebody lives in horror, somebody lives in, in, in affluence, whatever it is, but they're exactly uh, scheduled and exactly designed for that soul to overcome the obstacles they have intended to overcome in this lifetime. And we knew this prior our incarnation. We knew prior we incarnated here, what are the major obstacles in our life, not the entire life. But we know that there may be a divorce, there may be a major illness, there may be a car accident, there may be whatever it is. And, and we ask, I accept that. I will deal with it. I will accept that. These are the obstacles, like in sport, where we just have certain challenges. And without the challenges, we can't grow. So we are taking all these things on knowingly. But of course, when we are here on earth, we have forgotten that deal. 
And when we're very upset why these things happen and we, uh, we see ourselves as victims, we never are victims. Victimshood is not really possible if we really think about it. It's another topic. But it is all there for us to grow. Nothing happens to us. Everything happens for us. I definitely believe that as well. And I really, I really love that, by the way. And I wanted to actually just, you, were, you slightly touched on the power of thoughts there because this is something that I've, and then this is a personal, this is a personal question and this is going to go quite deep, quite fast as well. So I'm just, just to let people know who's listening and watching. But basically um, over the last few years, like I said, I've went on this interesting journey where I have started, my levels of empathy have been uh, rising a lot more and I have, I don't even know what word you, you want to use for it, but from an energetic point of view, I, I have been feeling things a lot more on a, on a very deeper level. And I've had examples where, especially with uh, quite close friends and family, where I will have these experiences where I've, I've sort of tuned into uh, aspects of love and the, and the frequency around the people, certain people, especially certain people who are also aware of this information as well. The, um, the sort of the levels of communication have vastly changed and it's been on a, on a, a completely different type of frequency. But these, tra- these, these um, things that I've been experiencing have been mostly all a transaction of, of, of um, I would say the love frequency where it's, it's all sort of, you know, you know what I mean, Hans, when you, especially the only way I can describe this is, is when you have these deep moments of meditation, when you go deep within yourself and you, and you connect to the, the universal awareness, you connect to the, the true essence of who we truly are. You can call it God, you can call it whatever you want. But I have these moments sometimes where I will get together with like-minded people and we have these amazing moments where the, the, our true essence does sort of, the way I like to call it, it's sort of our true essence dances, dances together sort of say. And it's no longer, you're no longer just on the earth plane sort of say. You're, you're not communicating with language, you're, you're more sort of communicating with your real essence sort of say. But over the, a couple of days ago, I had this uh, really interesting experience. I'm not going to mention any names, but it was a podcast guest in particular. And um, so, something particular happened in the podcast. And I actually had this occurrence where I actually felt his um, sort of emotional response, but from a negative perspective. And it was actually the first time I'd ever felt the emotional response from a negative perspective. So I would love to, I mean, this is a question for myself, is I would love to know what do you think is happening there when when we on an energetic level, say, for example, I'm feeling moments of um, high levels of empathy from a positive point of view, but also lately in my life, I've been experiencing uh, points of negativity. So I've actually been, from an energetic level, I've actually been feeling um, sort of pain from other people. That's a big question. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I mean, there are many answers for that. I don't think there is one pet answer, but of course, what comes from mind, uh, firstly, of course, is the law of projection, which means whatever we see in the outside world is something that is within ourselves. Whatever bugs us in the outside world is in us. You spot it, you got it. So the outside world is nothing but a reflection of ourselves. Basically, we are all living in a mirror. And if we see somebody or some situation which upsets us, that is exactly an unloved component in ourselves. So that is one possibility that, for instance, there is this person who uh, represents something in you which you don't like, and if you're only exploring it, and you find out what it is. It's not the other person. The other person is merely our mirror. It's only a savior who comes for us to say, look at yourself. This is who you are at the moment. And right now is the moment where you can do something about it because it comes exactly well-timed. So right now, recognize it, love it, forgive it, let it go. 
That's one possibility. But it's, of course, there's also a karmic reason why a person can come into your life and you suddenly have this yucky feeling or whatever it is or something strange feeling. And you don't know what it is. You can't even put a name to it. But there may be a vibrational, there may be a connection with that soul from previous lifetime um, that needs still to be healed. And if I don't know what it is, and sometimes these things happen that you cannot work at all, it's just a yucky feeling then I always give it over to Christ. And I says, look, you deal with it. I'm sorry if there's anything I did in the past. I hope I have forgiveness, but I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to um, linger. I don't want to sit with this too long either because it could infest me and I can even more negativity. Nor neg I can make it bigger too. If I really dwell in it and sit with it too long, I can make it a big issue, which maybe wasn't necessary. But shower it with love. I've put in my video on, on, on fear. I just sort of showed that we learn to really sit with those feelings and understand them, feel them totally, feel the feeling, not um, sort of suppress them, make them even bigger, and then shower them with love. That sometimes helps. But there may be very clearly a message that you may have found out when interviewing that person, what came up in you, what it was, what the person was, what he, whatever it is, was he nasty, was he negative, whatever it is. And there may be still something in you and says, oh, I've got that tendency, but you may have suppressed it. You may not be the same like the person. You may not be negative or whatever it is, but you may want to express or sometimes really want to punch out and you don't want to give it. So there is this emotion which you suppress and the outside world comes to us to express what we suppress. Typical example here is, for instance, somebody, a wife beating or spouse beating, I shouldn't be, now we've got gender neutral, a spouse beating where somebody comes physically and hits the other spouse and so on. And it keeps on going all the time and they don't go, they don't separate. Message is here very clear that in most cases that the person who gets beaten is beating himself or herself up inwardly. I'm no good, I'm nothing worth it, etc., etc. So the outside person who hits us physically just shows us, this is what you are doing to yourself, stop it. The moment you stop hitting yourself, this person disappears. So that's why everybody who comes to in our life and gives us a painful lesson is basically an angel in disguise doesn't mean we have to welcome them in our house, stay with them. We can still say, out you go. But the message is very clear. Everything is here to help us, to serve us, and it's for our good. Everything is medicine, without exception. Everything is here to bring us back home. That was beautiful, by the way, as well, and really well put. And I, there were so many um, points of realization within myself there when I was listening to, listen to you speak there. And it was really interesting because when you said there was the, uh, the, the, rec the thing that I did recognize from it um, was that actually that, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm a bit off with this, but the thing that I recognized from my own perspective was that it was actually trying to show me how my thoughts have a frequency and how, how that if I am negatively putting negative thoughts out there on judgment, cast, casting judgments on other people, and not only just on other people, but also on myself of the, the physical effects, how it can affect the body, because I, I don't think we really understand the, the potential danger of, of thought and how, how thoughts can um, affect not only ourselves, but it maybe affect people around us on, a, on an energetic level. Very much. I made a very short video about called uh, Thoughts Are Alive, where I show that these are actually energy fields and we can create them ourselves. But in many cases, and we may be surprised, there are also negative forces, energies, entities, earthbound spirits, and so on, which can actually pr uh, inject these thoughts into our head. We have to be aware of it. Sometimes we come up with very strange thoughts. They are not necessarily ours. And if we perpetuate them, they become bigger and bigger. And any uh, thought complex that we create is a vibrational entity. 
And a vibrational entity always attracts to similar vibrational entities. So there's somebody else thinking a negative thing as well. So suddenly this little cloud becomes bigger. They're clustered together. They're clustered together. They're becoming really like nearly like an alive entity, which they are not. They don't have a soul, but they are very, very powerful. And they can really occupy whole groups of people, not only individual. They're really thoughting. Sometimes you enter a room where there was something negative happening and so on, and you can sense it. This energy is in that room. So it's definitely, thoughts are real things. Who said that? I forgot that. Somebody, Edgar Casey, I don't know, said thoughts are real things. And we have to become aware of it. So we have to really, thought control is one of the first um, tasks we do on the path uh, back home because that's where the order in our life is, that we don't, that we stop the runaway thoughts, which we sometimes in and brooding and sitting there and feeling sorry for ourselves, etc. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Go right within. Go for us for help. You have got help. You have got God. You have got, if you believe in Christ and Christ, you've got your guardian angel. These are forces which we can in, instantly ask, help me to get over this. Take it over with me. I'm willing to make a change, but right now I don't want to think this anymore. Um, so this may be something where we can sort of purposely say, uh, forcefully say, stop it. Stop it whenever we are having thoughts, uh, sexual thoughts or whatever it is, which could occupy us for the next 10, 15 minutes. I say, stop it so that I can concentrate on my work again. These are very powerful thoughts. The sexual thoughts is always the first thing the negative forces pushes into our head necessarily. They're not consistently coming from us. They're outside forces because this is where we are easiest perceptive. It's like a candy in front of our head. You know, it's a candy. You, you, want, a, you want a candy and so on. We know too much candy isn't good. So anyway, <laughs> uh, just a thought. Uh, yes, the thoughts are powerful uh, uh, entities and we should be aware of it and uh, try to, to really clear our head as much as possible. I know it's very difficult uh, to do positive thinking, but when we become aware that we are captured and our whole body is captured by a thought pattern, like suddenly we are depressed or we are self-pity and so on, that's the moment says, stop it. Stop it, go within, give it over and just move on where we catch ourselves. And if we are on the spiritual path, we may not stop it right away, but we catch ourselves faster, becoming faster aware when we are on the wrong track. Very well put as well, because I've recognized a lot in my life lately that, like you said, that process, what you just said, the capturing of the thoughts, I, I am starting to to sort of notice it a lot more in my head and capture them, as you say. And I think it was um, a spiritual teacher called, I think he's called Moji, I think he's called, but um, he has this amazing line where he says that you don't think that you, the mind's your friend yet. And I, I really, I really do think that um, at times that the mind, as you know, the sometimes the the sort of the there is there is a constant sort of um, chatter within the mind between the sort of maybe the I know many people call it different aspects. Some people call it the higher self versus a lower self. But there does seem to be an aspect of where maybe maybe the mind isn't your friend quite as quite much as you think yet. So you do have to try and um, try and uh, decide, decipher that. And it, it can be quite, quite challenging, uh, especially on my journey. As you know, it can, can be quite challenging, but I would love um, hands for you to, if you could, if you could speak about the, the, sh the purpose of the chakra system, because a lot lately in my life, when I've been having these, um, some of these deep experiences I've been having, I have um, gained not, not a lot of awareness, but I have gained a little bit of awareness of, that it that the chakras are definitely a real are a real thing within the body. I would love for you. I know you spoke about this on your channel. Could you dive a bit into the purpose of the chakra system? Now, this, of course, is an issue which 
is much easier as I do. What I do in my videos for your audience who don't know that I, I illustrate, I visualize. I'm an illustrator and a writer. So I illustrate it and you see it visually of how all these things connect. So doing it now without the illustration is maybe it's just a, a very difficult attempt, but I will do my best. So anybody who has got the question, are welcome to watch my video like the seven chakras. It's very short and you can see it there. Now, very brief, uh, basically uh, uh, explaining it. When this group I mentioned earlier of, of fallen angels, we call them, left the spiritual heavens, they enshrouded themselves, their, their essence, their, with what we call the soul garments. And there are seven soul garments, which are also the seven layers of the purification as well as the seven heavens. They're starting at the bottom with order, then divine will, the divine wisdom, earnestness, patience, and uh, love and mercy. Now, I know that many other chakra teachers uh, have, uh, give different words and different colors and so on, but it's not important what we necessarily call it at this stage. But these are the seven garments of the soul, which in the end also are crystallized down ether, light ether. We are basic light ether. Love is light ether. So, and they basically form in the end our physical body. And to nourish our physical body, the energy which comes from the central sun into the center of our soul, which is at the pituitary gland, from there on, which flows through the chakra centers into our bodies, through our, to our consciousness centers, to energize our body. So basically, these are sort of uh, spots of energy to nourish our body, to nourish the organs of our body. So what happens if we, for instance, have um, majorly shaded our soul or burdened our soul with something uh, in the ear of wisdom, like for instance, we have got a taught lies or whatever it is, etc. Then that particularly um, soul garment, which is the soul of divine wisdom, which is in the stomach area, um, then closes up more and more, gets more shaded. So the energy can't flow through these consciousness centers in the body. The result is illness. The result is that the, that these, uh, the organs which are fed by this, uh, by this chakra, by this energy center, uh, don't get enough energy, life energy, life force anymore. And therefore they wither and they get sick. So what needs to be done to a healing is always starting in the soul. The soul needs to be healed. If there's any karma, any negativity, we clear it up from the soul. Then the soul can open up again and the energy can flow back into the physical body. That's why when we speak about Christ being the healer, Christ never heals the body. The body is only a result of the soul. So they only heals the soul burden. Christ is the one who takes the soul burden away if we are willing to work with them. But that's another subject and it's not for everybody to grasp it and accept it right away. But there is this energy. So what we are doing by healing is we heal our soul. That's why forgiveness is so important. Uh, and and, and um, healing and asking for forgiveness, etc., so that the karma gets released. And when the karma gets released, then the soul is free again. So an illness is nothing else than a karma that is flowing out through us. So that is a positive aspect of an illness. It may be awful to experience, but it is nothing but karma that flows through us. And when we clear up the karma, the soul can then again fully give the energy further on through the, through the consciousness center to the body and the body heals itself again.
Does it make sense? Yeah, it does. And the question I want to ask you as well is, is do, you, do you feel that in regards to, uh, I know you were talking about the, how the, the, the cleansing process of the chakras, do you feel that the, the, the chakra system, if you are in tune with it with inside yourself, it can actually be sort of a, a window to a form of communication to tell you what certain aspects in your life are out of balance? I've never looked at the chakra centers as an input source for what is out of balance. Me, I know it when my body is hurting, then I know that something is here wrong and so on. Um, and then I try to find out what it is. Um, you probably could do that. I must be honest, I have never seen the chakra. I have not used the chakra centers as a, a way to explore what needs to be dealt with. Um, I rather I, I find it more easy to find out what emotions come up, what feeling, what upsets me, and so on. Um, so I can only answer it from my experience. But I'm sure it it, it is another form where you can use it as well. Um, and eventually, of course, the goal is that our soul grows by becoming more and more enlightened. It grows more and more through our head, through our whole body, and fills our whole body, and then all the chakras will disappear. It no longer needs, because then the soul feeds the entire body. I have this in my video, The Soul Man, the, the, the God Man, How to Become a God Man. It's a short video, how it explains it, how eventually. And then the Kundalini uh, light, which uh, Kundalini uh, light uh, comes up in us and feeds our uh, body and soul even more so that is in the end uh, something but it's uh, i do not believe in special exercises to uh, awake the kundalini i believe the best way is to become as clear honest straightforward authentic and loving as you can and let the your character be the guidance and not some technique of how to become the the, the kundalini uh, recipient and I have not reached the Kundalini, so I can't give you much information about it, how it works. But um, whatever it is, I'm sure it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, it's a really, really good point. I was actually going to ask you there. I know you, you said that you don't, you haven't really experienced it that much, but I did. I've had a few experiences, especially over the last few years, where that Kundalini energy, which you, you you're explaining there, I have experienced it on an energetic level where it has been has been going through my body, and that's why I spoke about the the purpose of the chakra system actually trying to be some form of. Uh, on a, on a deeper level, trying to be a form of like a like an, sort of like an ancient, like an old ancient technology that is trying to communicate with you and tell you certain parts are, are out of balance. Because when I have experienced the, the 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 effect of the kundalini energy going through my body, and the best way I can describe it is, it feels like sort of a like a serpent energy. And if you go back in throughout all history and look at the cultures like the Mayans and uh, the Hopi, the Australian Aborigines, even the Vikings and people like that, they all depicted these, these these depictions of the kundalini energy and many obviously many cultures came under many different names but it seems to be as this as this energy rise through my body and that's just to give a bit more validation why i asked you that question about the purpose of the chakra system because it seemed as the energy was going through my body it was sort of going through each chakra and actually like sort of cleansing it and showing us what what else needs to be done which i, I don't know if you know any bit a bit more about that or not I'm afraid you are more experienced in that than I am. I'm afraid not. And at the moment, it's for me still more theory. Although I must say this vibration energy coming up, I have never seen it as a Kundalini, but I have experienced it definitely in meditation where you're totally in this vibration like a serpent. So you come up. It may have been the Kundalini, but I'm not aware of it. So I still have to learn a lot. 
but uh, but I, if you have that experience, then this is the experience for you, and it, it uh, you are well ahead there, and, and it's great. Then you have already achieved that. But I'm, what I'm still struggling with. <laughs> yeah, I think well, it, it, I think it's it's I think it's just, there's just many like you see you talk about in your videos many times. There's there's many different ways, isn't there? So maybe maybe I need a maybe I need that because my I'm a bit more of a, have have more of a monkey mind. So maybe I need to actually completely feel it. Whereas whereas you there might be a different path for someone else. For example, that's that's why I feel sometimes is, is is there's many different ways to to this information. Oh yeah, and everybody has their own individual path, and that's why I'm not saying anybody has to follow what I say. That everybody I. Uh, has a different form of learning uh, this path here, but uh, I would encourage people at least to look at this life to see this more as a schooling ground and not just only as a pleasure ground. Pleasures are fine and it's good to have some good time, but a lot of people think this is the only life I have. I made the, my, let me get the as much as I can and as as much pleasure. Uh, this is it's uh, try to think maybe there is a deeper reason that's basically what I um, why I do my videos as well sometimes you just sometimes it's good maybe there is a little bit more than just only searching after pleasure and I think it's very important what happens now with the uh, coronavirus here that people suddenly really may be forced to rethink their hedonistic lifestyle a little bit and says do I really need this anymore etc etc suddenly things have become less and less important people have become more authentic and a more more uh, more original more true to themselves some others get of course get get crazy away but it may be a very important a moment of waking up that we are not necessarily here for just only for uh, finding our pleasure finding what you say you call yourself a freedom seeker and that i think that is a, a free thinker but finding freedom i think that is the answer and becoming free means also become free from the need of pleasure you can still have the pleasure, you can still have this, but the, having the need from is, is, is not free. If you, as long as we need these things, we are not free. And this is a path of freedom because another word for God is freedom. And I think that is the, the whole goal for us to, to really become free of all these things which bind us to this world because for some people it becomes so powerful that as a soul after the death, they, they just can't wait to come back to earth and to want to continue their central pleasures mostly. And um, then the second time around, it's not all that fun. <laughs> so it may not be so great like the first time. So uh, for us, the main thing is to become free. It doesn't mean we have to let go of We don't have to enjoy them. But the need to have them, that is something we want to want to question. I love that, by the way. Some really good stuff there, by the way. I've got so many questions. I wanted to touch back before a little bit when you were talking about you had you said you have you've had experiences of experiencing that. I don't even know what word you want to use because, as you know, these things, the, the language just doesn't do it justice, you know. So it's like sometimes when you say these words, it can sound wrong because I mean maybe it is wrong, as you know. It's whatever whatever comes out of your mouth. It just sometimes it doesn't do the doesn't do the experience justice. But when you were speaking about the having the experience of feeling uh, feeling that that sense of maybe the connection to the, to the divine or the God or consciousness or the connection to source, whatever you want to call it. Have you ever questioned hands why we actually experience them moments? Because I'll just give a quick opinion on sometimes why I feel and from a personal level, why I've experienced it. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm, maybe I'm wrong, wrong as well. I'm, up, I'm open to that. But I just get the sense sometimes that it's, it's a reminder of sort of maybe a reminder to, to sort of home. I know Ramdas says this amazing quote where he says that we're all just walking each other home. And it does feel sometimes when I, when I get it, when I do tap into that energy, it feels like it's, it's just like a reminder. It's a reminder maybe that there is something more, more. And, it wants, and maybe it's sort of like calling you home. I don't, I don't know. I just would love to see your thoughts. 
Definitely, I think that is one, uh, probably the most important one. I think there is one other thing for me when I experience this, this energy in, in me, when I'm really in a very deep, profound uh, meditation and, and connection, is the fact there's nothing better than that. This includes all the pleasures of this world. It is really nothing better than that. And this is the another word when we said beginning, the, the kingdom is within us. It is all in us. We don't really need the outside things to make us feel good. Problem is not always can we reach that, that inner silence, that energy again, because uh, whenever I want it desperately, it usually doesn't come. It just sort of comes when you don't expect it. And suddenly you had a meditation that is so enriching, that is so powerful, that is so... And you walk back into your room, into your house, and the guy says, this is already lovely, but it's nothing but I just experienced. And as you said, it's a calling home, but it is also that we really put things into perspective, that actually the greatest joy there is, or the greatest experience is within ourselves. And uh, that cannot be bought, that cannot be... Uh, yeah, we can't acquire it, we can't manipulate it. It is there. It is always there for us if we are willing to, to go there. And I agree with you. It is also our calling home. That is what our true essence is. And we can do that. And people who have on this path and have worked hard on it have, be, have been in that stage for a very long time and can continuously do it. And I think that's, that's where we are, want to be as well. But I think the main thing is... I mean, there's this one quote uh, from, from, from Christ, I don't get it right, because I have only read the Bible once. In the <laughs> Something like, if you find the kingdom, you would, give your, you would sell everything for it to get that. You give everything away to have that one kind of diamond or what the wine kind of pearl. So this one pearl, I think it's a pearl uh, para parable. And this is actually the truth. When you have discovered this inner energy, this inner, inner peace, this richness, this expansiveness, this... I, words are fail me as well what it is, but this total calmness, this total secureness, the total protected, there's absolutely nothing you feel threatened because you are totally safe. When you have that, you're willing to give anything for that to really have that as much as possible. I love that. Really beautiful, very beautifully put, by the way. And it's um, really interesting just to add a little bit of more information. Something, something that I've actually been doing with that as well is I've been trying to to, to use because it's because you can you can, I mean, like like I said, you can I can I'm guilty of this myself. I'm a, I'm a human being. I'm on this journey just like everyone else. And and you, and you all, we're all guilty of of. I mean, that's why we're here in the first place. Like you said, we're here to learn, and we all do make mistakes at times. And there's been times where. Because you can you can have that sense of that that larger awareness, but then you can just go outside and someone can you can be driving down the road and someone can cut you up, and you can you can be a, you can be a bit of a dickhead, you know, and um, it's sort of you have to. So what I try to do is, is when I do have them moments of what what you just described there, very beautifully put, I actually try to use them moments as a sort of um, as a compass for the rest of my life, so that when I do have interactions with certain people, I remember that feeling, and I try to, to recognize, not only recognize that energy within me, but recognize it within other people, and maybe to go even big, bigger, recognize it on a bigger collective sense, maybe how that energy is just permeating through all of us. So I, I, that's just something I, that how I use that, use them experiences to try and, to try and just be a better human being and live a better life and have better interactions with people. And just to add to that as well, the question I want to ask you, Hans, I wanted to, when you were talking before about the the purification process, I would love to ask you what do you think happens when we do when when sort of the soul. I know this is the million dollar question, 
but obviously I know that you like to dive into it, but just basically what do you think happens when we do, when the, when the soul does um, sort of completely pu- uh, purify? You mean when they return to pure heaven or I, I, death? Do you mean the physical death? I'm not quite sure which I mean, state. Maybe there's two questions in it. Maybe there's a question in if is it possible to completely um, purify the soul in this reality? And if so, what, what could happen? What I understand, this is my understanding, is <clears throat> um, to totally jump back to the pure heaven in this lifetime is probably uh, not possible for most of us. We have got the seven layers of purification spheres before the pure heavens, and we are at the outer edge there in the material, the most dense form of light ether, which is our uh, material universe. But what we can do is we can reach the fourth level we can level two, level three, and level four. And when we have reached level four, then there is no need anymore for reincarnation. There is no more energy that the earth pulls us back into. When we have reached the level four, which is the Christ center, which is the level of wisdom, uh, the sphere of wisdom, then the need to reincarnating to this planet earth is no longer necessary. That we can still do so, and many, many souls do it, uh, out of love because they somehow come back here just only to be a teacher to help others etc etc but there is no real requirement anymore and from that moment on which we are pulled by the energy of divinity by god into the higher spheres back to the heavens so at least we can reach in this lifetime that's what i'm told the fourth level and be free of reincarnation but we can still have the option to return back to help others if that is our our goal and our desire because as we grow we become less uh, become more and more selfless and our motivations is not our soul and our convenience and are not being incarnated but maybe selflessness means helping others so that is my understanding that we will most likely the maximum we can reach is the fourth level the level of divine wisdom from where on uh, reincarnation is not anymore possible. And it's pretty nice there already. <laughs> it gets nicer as we go higher and higher. Yeah. So hoping that we can make it then to the pure heaven in this lifetime, I doubt it. I haven't met anybody and I don't know. It's possible maybe, but I don't know. My understanding is if you reach the fourth level, it's great. I, lo- I love that. What's your, what's it, it, just as a sort of a final question, I would love to see, because as you know, Hans, there's a lot of um, stuff going on on the planet now. And I would love to see what's your thoughts on the general sense of, on the sort of the grander scale of consciousness. What's, what's your thoughts on the consciousness currently on the planet right now? Because I know if you, I know you've probably looked at this as, as, as well, and I've looked at it very heavily about how the ancients all spoke about how that they predicted grand scales of consciousness and how consciousness ebb and flows throughout humanity. And it feels like they did get it right. They have predicted that that's the planet right now would be going through a deep cleansing where people would be um, sort of coming face to face with many different things that they need to work on. But I would love to just see your general thoughts around your feelings around that whole picture of what on your thoughts around the consciousness right now on the planet. And maybe is it heading into a, a good positive or, or maybe just a different frequency? Well, firstly, what comes to mind is just what I see is that uh, we don't have consciousness. We are consciousness. I think everything is consciousness. I think that is something of every plant, every microphone, every computer is consciousness. That's the one thing. So we are dealing with a sea of consciousness where they've got different focal points and we are just one of them. 
Um, I believe here as well that in this, uh, here on planet Earth, the situations, the life's conditions becoming more and more difficult and people have to make more and more uh, decisions in their own life, whether or not they want to follow the negativity, the selfishness, the me, 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 or are slowly reading to the selfless love uh, approach. So there will be, uh, uh, it will be a separation. There will be those who rather feel comfortable in the negativity we had before and the selfishness, and they will stay. They will as well stay there. And the other earth, which we can call a different earth, a different vibration, will be for the more and more evolved souls. So there will be a separation very soon uh, about this. And I think all our worldly uh, structures, business, churches, politics, etc., will collapse in their way. I think that is coming. And I think that we shouldn't be afraid of this one. We should see this as something very natural. And if we find this inner peace we talked about, in it, even partly, not even to the extent, as I mentioned earlier, that we are certainly vibrating in the love, but at least go always back into the stillness. The answer is the stillness. Whatever we need, we find within ourselves in the stillness. Learn to become still within don't expect any big fireworks or God speaking to you or whatever it is. I think that was a big mistake. But just learn the stillness. And in the stillness is the power, etc. Because in the stillness, you're also in the here and now. It's the only time we have, the only time we can deal with. We can, whenever we are nervous about the earth changes, we are getting frightened and we get something about the future which isn't taking place right now. And in the past, everything with guilt feelings. So when we are safe in the here and now, and we are always safe in the here and now, and we can do this with meditation, then there's nothing to fear. We may watch the thing collapsing around us, and it may be tough, and we see a lot of people suffering, and we may be one of them as well who suffer without a job, without a home, etc. But when we understand that this is all a big, uh, big um, plan to which we have agreed for the pure for the soul service for us to become love again things can change and we have a different attitude and it's all good it's all medicine and some medicine just tastes very very bad but in the end it helps us it helps us to bring us back from where we once came i love that we'll leave it there thank you so much for your time honestly some and i hope you didn't mind us asking some personal questions because like i said when i get someone like you on the podcast I sometimes i've just got to sort of maybe put some other questions to the side and maybe ask some personal questions because I've got to use, I've got to use these moments to my advantage anyway. So thank you so much for your beautiful answers. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dan, for having me on your show. It's a thank pleasure. You. Boom, boom, boom. I hope you liked that podcast conversation there with Hans William. I thought it was a really cool one. If you can, guys, check out the one-off donation option or the Patreon page to support the podcast. Helps me to keep doing what I'm doing. And I will also be having, there'll be another podcast out in a, probably in either three or four days time from now, having some amazing guests lined up as you will see in the up and coming weeks. And just to play this podcast conversation out as I always do, this is a beautiful song as I always play a song as you guys know. And this one is called When She Rises. It's by an artist called Woven Kin. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm sure you'll find it if you want to check it out anyway, but it's song is called When She Rises. It really is a beautiful song. So wherever you are in the world, keep seeking. And I will catch you in the next one. Peace out. There's a wise, wise woman down the path to the sea. She's been whispering, whispering stories to me. I think she knew the earth was.
在。